Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Y'all know what time it is. It is time for In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you live on a Saturday night, September the 22nd, 2018. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We're in the house for week three of the NFL. We got all your picks coming up against the spread and straight up. And I'm thinking this might be the start of seeing some of these teams that have stumbled out of the gate. Maybe uh, not playing your starters in the preseason has taken its toll on a lot of these teams. And maybe it's time for some of these teams to kind of stand up and say, okay, we're, we've shaken the rust off and now we're going to get back to playing the way that we we're used to playing. The trick is to figure out which team's going to do that and which team's going to stay asleep. And that, that's what uh, me and Jay are here to do is to try to dig it, dig through and figure it out and break it all down. Uh, we got started Thursday night with uh, a game that I can't believe I'd watched the whole thing, but it wound up being compelling TV. This is why I think, Jason, the NFL is as popular as it is. We talk about the how people love to see violence, and that's true. Uh, and we talk about the, the uptick in offense throughout the years, and people want to see scoring, and that's true. But when it really gets down to it, even the worst matchups on paper in the NFL can turn into something that makes you want to keep watching. And I don't know if you can say that about the worst NBA game or the worst baseball game. This wound up Jets and Browns wound up being a a, sort of a fascinating TV show to watch the injury to Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod, Tyrod, whatever his name is. Baker Mayfield comes in, rides to the rescue, saves the day, not only gets the win, but, somehow covers as well it's a cheap ass cover i'm ashamed to take it i'll take it i'm not giving it back but that was actually some incredible tv to watch yeah I, this is what's got to be the second year in a row now right where we had the the two one of the two of the worst teams in football and they played the game that saved football again because that seems to be the narrative that we're getting here again is that wow look at this two two of the worst teams that even they can go out and and, and this has restored my faith in humanity and Okay, people, (laughs) this is what happens when two bad teams play. You get equally bad football, and it can end up being a compelling game to watch because it's the only thing on TV. It it was not good football. I mean, the Jets somehow had a 14-0 lead in that game, uh, even though it felt like what it felt like every drive they had started at the 10-yard line or the 2-yard line or the 4-yard line, so – they they basically played with that Cleveland defense with its ears pinned back coming after them the whole game. And yet they, there they were leading or tied for what? 56 minutes out of the 60 minutes in the game until the last, uh, until the last uh, touchdown drive there by the, by the Browns. And, and you kind of, once that started, I mean, you, you kind of felt like the, I mean, obviously there were only two possible outcomes, but was it going to be, this is, this is it. The Browns are finally going to get their win. 
Or are they going to come all the way back to the brink here and find another way to lose again? Are they going to are they going to yak a game tying field goal? Or I was kind of hoping they were going to yak the uh, extra point to at least give us a <laughs> to give us a push on that one. But you know, honestly, to me, it all broke down to the uh, to the strip play on Robbie Anderson. I think is the moment. If you can go to a moment in the game and put your finger on it and go, aha. That's the moment when the game completely changed. Uh, to me, that was it because uh, Sam Darnold had just completed a pass to get them out of the shadow of their own goalpost. Robbie Anderson made a nice uh, made a nice catch. He's turning up field, fighting for extra. Would always, it's always these receivers trying to fight for extra yardage. Okay, when you're at your own thirty yard line, it, it, does it matter if you're at the thirty or the thirty one? I mean, it's not like you're you're increasing your field goal position here or anything. Uh, but these guys, they don't learn. They're, they're pros, and they're fighting for everything, right? They're not just gonna. They're not just gonna go down. But you know, so many times, so many times, you see these guys that trying to get that little extra, that little extra bit, and then all these we had four defenders basically just holding them up, trying to strip the ball, and uh, successfully so. And the Browns jumped on it, and I, I to to me that really was yes, the, the you know the play of Baker Mayfield was by Brown standards, amazing by Brown standards. But that moment really, uh, that really, that moment really kind of shined the light on me. And I was like, Oh, here we go. The Jets kind of had that thing in hand. They weren't letting the Browns, even with Baker Mayfield in the game for a while at that point, they weren't really letting them do much. A couple of field goal drives. So you really felt like the Jets were in the driver's seat, but the last thing they needed was a turnover deep in their own territory. And after that, the Brown fever took over. Ah, the Brown fever. No, that's exactly how it broke down is that it wasn't like the narrative will be for years and years and years that Baker Mayfield came in. No, uh, that was the defense. (laughs) the, the, The offense just turned it up and went, crazy all over the jets but it wasn't quite like that what it was wasn't was a market improvement over what Terod taylor was doing oh, yeah. up to that point that was some of the worst quarterback i've ever I've, that's one some of the worst playing i've ever seen every snap he took something went wrong either he's getting uh the the pressure is getting to him and he's going down or he's gets a throw off and it's five yards to the left of his intended receiver or it, it's over his head, there was nothing going on out there with Tyrod Taylor. The crowd was already chanting for Baker before Tyrod went down uh, and, and got concussed or whatever happened to him. Uh, so it, Baker was going to come on at some point that night. It just felt like it was destiny, and it was it was to me it was funny to see the, as soon as Baker Mayfield gets in there. Oh my God! It's NFL throws. Look at that! Look at just yeah, instantly that, that drive right up that drive that field goal drive right before halftime. Right. Oh look! Well, 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 oh wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't that he came in and started putting up touchdowns all over the place. It was that he came in and played competent NFL football, and that's really all it took. That and of course the defense making the the key play, as you said. But it's amazing what it does for a team and the fans in the stadium and for a city when you make the switch at that key position and you get some competent play all of a sudden, everything just changes. And 
for for the Browns to come out ultimately on top with the win and the cover was yeah. almost miraculous because with Tyrod Taylor in there, they didn't look like they were going to score a point in that game with Tyrod Taylor playing quarterback. And all of a sudden, here's Baker Mayfield, and, and oh, look, they, they turn it all the way around. I guess yeah, the they, only if, other – Oh, sorry, I was going to say, if the Jets could go back in time here and, and redo the game plan, it would have been to keep Tyrod Taylor healthy. Yes, keep him upright somehow. Keep him in win. the game. I guess the only real question or thought to come out of that game for me is, and you've sort of already – addressed it a little bit, but what's the assessment or grade of Baker Mayfield? What's what's it look like? He looked like I he mean, was competent out there. I'd give him, if I was just watching the game without knowing the, the storyline or the drama or C plus, B minus football, I mean, he, he was he was I, you know, and so he, didn't have to, he didn't have to be great. They were playing a terrible team. You know, and for people who want to go back and do their revisionist history and say that, oh, well, if you know, Baker Mayfield had played against the Steelers or Baker Mayfield had played against the Saints, they would have won both those games. No, they, they actually did win both those games. Yeah. They couldn't kick the football. I mean, Tyrod Taylor was making some throws against the Steelers to get them back into a game that they were losing it, that the Steelers kind of just tried to yak up. That was more on the Steelers just doing what the Steelers do than I think the Browns playing amazing football. The Steelers pretty much had their foot on the throat of the Browns and then let them back. The, the Saints game, that's a different, that was all on the kicking game. I mean, was that two missed extra points, two missed field goals? They lost by three. Yeah. So, again, so Tyrod Taylor was good enough to get a tie with Pittsburgh in a driving rainstorm where, where everything was sort of against them. And you had both teams thought they were going to win, then they were going to lose, then they were going to win. He was making throws. Um, the, the Saints game, not, not so much. That was almost all the defense. Um, and then Tyra Taylor, he, he I don't know what that was on Thursday night. Oh. But that, oh. was, <laughs> that was that was Andy Dalton a few years ago on a Thursday night <laughs> for oh, about a quarter and a football. half, or almost, yeah. you know, yeah. for a half of football. Um, you know the game I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. One of the worst uh, quarterback games ever we've seen. ever seen. Um, it, yeah, and uh, Tyrod Taylor was for if he would put together a full game of that, that that might have been up there. Um, which is an effort. That, that, that's a monumental effort if you can look that bad. And he he was on his way to it. So now, hey, full credit to the Browns. You get you got the the ridiculously cheap cover, like you said. Um, Didn't deserve a bit of that. No, I mean, the, but the, Jets the Jets didn't do a whole lot to deserve it either. I mean, I was just picking with history. History was on my side. And it, and the game was on your side for the first yeah, half. Yeah, I actually had that pick. I mean, it was and then after the Browns came back and tied it up with the two-point conversion on the on the uh, the the Philly special, you know, the, the, I'll go in the other direction, though, so it was different, of course. Um and when they tie up the game on that after the two-point conversion, you think everything is just going to go the way of the Browns. And the, no, the Jets go down and get into field goal range and kick a field goal, and they take that to 17-14 all the way to about the four-minute mark of the game. So, dilly, dilly. Don't get it twisted. They say that's an old play. They've had that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You Jackson got a little, uh, little, little, uh, little salty when they, that when they copied that. Although... Doug Peterson was like, yeah, we re- re- ripped it off. Right. 
So I guess it is an old play. Everyone That's the difference between a Super Bowl winning coach and Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Huge. Doug Peterson had no problem saying, "Oh yeah, we saw the Bears do it, and we totally ripped it off." Like I like that. (laughs) I want to. I didn't realize that plays in the NFL were patented and copyrighted. Right. Well, with certain coaches, it is. So yeah. So Hugh Um, Jackson uh, scores a couple points. A couple points uh, down there for you, buddy. You know, you you might want to get. Don't get too (laughs) salty when you just won your, your your first game since the Obama administration. Long time since they won yeah. a game. Long, long time. Yes. I'm on record at laughing at the prospect of Baker Mayfield being the best quarterback out there when uh, when he gets drafted number one overall. So I can't look too much into it. I'm not going to pro- you know, project him as a future all pro or anything like that. But I think this yeah. specific situation is perfect for his game and his mentality. His game is big arms, swaggering, uh, take shots, take your, you know, shoot your shot. You're not going to achieve anything unless you shoot your shot. His personality is similar to that, to just swaggering and thinks he's the the big man on campus uh, all the time, no matter what. Uh, I think for this, I think this situation, you come in in the second half as the swaggering hero against a team that sucks and you, you're able to yep. lead that comeback win. I think this was perfect for him the way it, the way it was set up. I don't, I'm not going to give the Browns credit for setting it up like that. I don't think that's how they necessarily wanted to do it. But I think for him, for this situation, I think it was just a perfect mix, and it all worked out perfectly for him. The arm looks fantastic, nice big arm, not always accurate, of course. Uh, but for, for this moment, he, it took somebody with some stones to pull that off. I don't think, you know, of, of – trying to think of the, the word, the, the shrinking violet type of quarterback, like Alex Smith. Alex Smith couldn't have come in and pulled this off. But Baker Mayfield could come in and, and pull that off because this was the big moment that he was waiting for. So I think for, for one night it was all good, and, and Cleveland yeah. got to celebrate with some shitty water beer. And, and good for the Browns. And not so good for yeah. the people on TV the next day saying, oh, now the Browns are playoff contenders. <laughs> okay. That is called overreaction theater big time. Yeah, right th- this is exactly what we are here to to put a stop to. So, yeah. Yeah. We, no, I'm already down in the hole again. Thank, thankfully, I didn't lock it down. I wasn't that well, guy. Was, There's no way I'm taking, like, the two of the worst teams in football as a lock of the week territory. So, yeah, all right. So, I'm starting in the hole here again. Kind of fucking idiot locks down a Thursday night game and ruins their week like that. Who does that? Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> oh, speaking of which, since this was the game that saved football, did you, did you see what the <laughs> Thursday night game is next week? Oh, I've been looking forward to that since before this game yeah. this past Thursday. <laughs> Rams Vikings. Yeah, that's a game. A real football game. That I will game. be watching live. That. Yeah, so this was definitely not the game that will save football. Or one person on the NFL Network said it was the best Thursday night game they've ever seen. It's like, oh, Jeez. oh yeah, yeah. I don't even have a, I don't even have a response to that. That's just no, ridiculous. it was, it was dumb. It was dumb. All right, yeah, no. Next week, I, I will plan to watch the whole thing. I didn't plan to watch this. I was intending to get an early night of sleep, and it actually kept that, me awake. And I, I was that not happy is real about. NFL football next Thursday night. Damn right, we got real NFL football coming up tomorrow, all over the place, and we will get to all those picks. 
after I tell you that you are listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. That is the website to listen to us live, to listen to us not live as a podcast after we're through recording this live version and an after show if we're lucky enough to do that. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, many different podcasting apps and websites. Just type in in much less detail the podcast and we should pop right up. In fact, we should pop up just typing in much less detail. I don't imagine there's too many other things uh, titled that out there in the world. Uh, communicate with the show via email. You can send us an email to in much less detail at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. Follow Jason at IMLDJTG. And follow our picks on our blog. And I will put those picks up after the show. The blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. And with that, it's on to week three in the NFL. Who's waking up from their slumber and who's staying asleep? We will try to figure it all out. <laughs> Starting with our first highlight game, giving Pat Mahomes some shine. As we go down to Kansas City, he's opening up his uh, home schedule, his first home start and I'm sure the crowd will be ready to love and adore him in Kansas City as the Chiefs host the Messiah and the 49ers the San Francisco 49ers on an early plane I'm going to give him a half one there since he hasn't been so impressive so far this year but uh, the Niners on an early game uh, West Coast coming sort of east coming central I guess uh, to Kansas City uh, San Fran is a uh, underdog in this game, not surprising the way the Chiefs have been playing offensively to start the year. The Niners at 1-1 one and one get six points. San Fran is plus six at the 2-0 and o perfect Chiefs. Jason, who you got? Yeah, it's interesting we're talking about the Chiefs and the 49ers as a, as a, as a highlight game. Uh, I find that it's fun, right? This is this is why we love the NFL. I mean, when you break it all down, we hate we hate the stupid rules. We hate we hate the bad officiating. But when you can when you can look at a schedule of games and a game that a year before or two years before would have never been a game we'd have ever talked. This would have been like a Halloween game a few seasons ago. Now now we're talking about the Niners and the Chiefs is actually compelling. This is this is what the NFL gets right that the other sports, that the, 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 the two other majors, the baseball and basketball, just never seem to, to understand, where, where you've got these teams that will forever be, my, well, other than the Browns, all these other teams, you know, you can, you can turn this around, you can rebuild, you can shake it up, and you can, you can go worst to first. And you, there's a whole lot of things that the NFL does right. Uh, so I just want to give credit to the fact that we, we're starting to see here this season we're not just talking about the same teams. I like the fact that we're talking here about you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Pat Mahomes again. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, Jimmy G had the big start last season, uh, the big end to the season last year, his, the start to sort of his real NFL career. And yeah, it hasn't quite gone according to the script so far. We didn't expect it to, right? We, we didn't think that Jimmy G was going to go, you know, undefeated in his NFL career. And, and not have any bumps or bruises, especially on on that team. But they are one and one. Uh, they played respect. They played respectable. Excuse me, in Minnesota. And last week they they didn't cover the number, but they did stay in, at home and hold serve against uh, Detroit. Which uh, I watching Detroit football here so far this season, not hard to do. 
So the Chiefs, on the other hand, I mean, they have that has been just an offensive explosion, and and we have talked about what it, what it must be like the feeling for Andy Reid sitting in the in the office or in in the little theater rooms where they're drawing stuff up and he's playing around with all those pieces that he has, just trying to sit there and and be the the mad genius offensively that that we know he can be, um, and just the maturity at that position that Mahomes has shown, uh, you know. Open, you know, throwing guys open, looking off safeties, throw and and having a ultimate confidence in that in that arm. And and when I've I've just been loving watching what that team has been doing offensively because they have every piece. I mean, they have got multiple receivers, a world class tight end, a great running back, and now they've got this quarterback who fits right in with this. And they are just going to light people up this year. And what they did to Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh last week and then not only doing what they did blowing a huge lead and then still coming right back and so nah, now we got this we're just gonna we're just not gonna stop we're just gonna keep going after you and and this is gonna be some and you have that win in the division I think this is gonna be a lot of fun the way that this team is gonna play the defense for them worries me though so again I can see, even though this is just Jimmy Garoppolo and and dudes, I think that the 49ers are going to be able to score points and kind of we're going to get this kind of tit-for-tat back and forth all up and down the field between these two highly talented young quarterbacks. In the end, though, I think the Chiefs are going to have just a few more plays in them, so I expect them to win, I want to say, by about 10 points here. I I think this, but I think it's going to be high scoring. That's what the league wants, but I, I could easily see this going 37-27, 34-24 type game. But I'm going to take the Chiefs at home and give the six. The Chiefs defense still missing uh, Eric Berry. They're very yeah. talented safety, so that's, I'm sure, part of the worry about their defense. Ron is Parker. has been so bad. <laughs> <laughs> He has been so bad. Uh, and like San the bad defense mascot of this show now. There's a lot of guys that are candidates for that, but he's definitely up there. He's, he's got a seat at the table, no, no doubt. Uh, for San Francisco, uh, their stud wide receiver, their number one receiver, Marquise Goodwin. Of course, my eyes are rolling as I say that. He's iffy again with that quad. Uh, he didn't play last week. He may be out there tomorrow. He may not. Uh, but possibly a big deal for them is Reuben Foster, their young linebacker, will make his debut uh, on the season. Uh, his suspension is over. So, And they, they need the help. They need the uh, the front seven has been a little leaky, so they could definitely use that. A uh, couple of what I've found compelling uh, pro football focus notes one from their podcast, their their week preview uh, podcast, in which they mentioned that Richard Sherman, who we all think is definitely lost a step and might be done, um, they they they're still respecting him as far as targeting him. He hasn't been targeted very much. He's had 99 defensive snaps in these first two games. He's given up one catch. They're still treating him like he's the guy that you don't want to even try, that you don't even want to go after. And I would love to see what happens tomorrow. Does Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, uh, do they decide 
to we're going to light up everybody on the field. We're not just going to pick on Ron Parker. We're going to uh, – that's the other team. That's uh, Kansas City's bad defender. Uh, San Fran has He'll their be own traded. Problems. He'll get traded at halftime. <laughs> Got a little twisted up there. Now, uh, do they decide to go after Richard Sherman as well as everybody else, or do they treat him with the respect and let him cut off the half of the field like uh, people have always treated him? Uh, So I don't know if they're going to go for that or not. Uh, But they should have the confidence to try because of uh, the note that I saw on the Pro Football Focus website, which is so far Pat Mahomes has a passer rating of 146.5 on throws from a clean pocket. The best among all quarterbacks this year. That's the best. Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback, has the best quarterback rating from a clean pocket. There's nobody that would have said that after the first two weeks of the season. So uh, all props to him for the, for the great beginning to the year that he's been having. Uh, but you mentioned the Chiefs defense uh, having issues stopping people. The Niners should have issues stopping the Chiefs. Uh, so you sort of called the up and down back and forth that I think is going to be happening out there tomorrow. But then you decided to go with the Chiefs and, and give the six that you think they're going to they could possibly win it by double digits. I'm going to go with the 49ers and take the six points because I think it'll be enough up and down and back and forth. It, Jimmy G for all the, fun that I make of him has a knack for keeping games close that he has no business keeping close with talent that has no business staying with any other team. So I think it's going to be one of those issues, uh, maybe a, a late garbage time type touchdown to pull them within four or something like that. Uh, but I'm going to take the, the Niners and the points and what is what should be a very fun game. And, and I don't think too many people would have predicted that it was going to be a, a, a big scoring up and down type of game before the season began, but it should be one of the more fun games uh, on the docket tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that's good though. It's, you know, it's a kind of game that we want to disagree on. Those, those are the good ones. I don't, nobody really cares when we disagree about like the worst game of the week. So it's a, it's a lot more fun when we have a little more stake in the game here. We got a highlight game. We both think up something different for, so I like it. Yeah, we'll definitely be keeping our eye on it. Our second highlight game for tomorrow will be, quote-unquote, the Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, the Chargers and the Rams, uh, two t- it's so funny that the Chargers representing San Diego for all these years, and we still think of them as the San Diego Chargers, the Rams have uh, one championship in their uh, in the Super Bowl era, and it was in St. Louis. It wasn't in L.A. All these years that they spent in L.A. before St. Louis and now after, but their biggest success came away from Los Angeles. But here it is, the Battle of Los Angeles, a battle of a city so big and so important to the NFL that they didn't have a team there at all for years and years and years, but whatever. Uh, so now it's the, the Clippers and the Rams going at it in the Rams' house uh, in the in the big stadium. Uh, still no Joey Bosa for for the Chargers, and that's really big to me. There, there's such a big issue if they can get a, a pass rush on both ends going to try to pressure uh, Jared Goff. That it makes a huge difference in the game, uh, but not having Joey Bosa again, that, that really diminishes what the Chargers can do pressure-wise. And Goff, with, with little or no pressure, we've seen ever since – 
Sean McVay came in, golf will, will surgically tear you apart. He will pick you apart if you give him the time to just sit back there. So that's uh, definitely a, con- a concern for the Chargers. Uh, the betting public thinks it's a big concern, and, and rightfully so. Uh, it's a big spread. It's a seven-point spread. The Chargers are underdogs by seven full points at the Rams, and that's it's a lot of points. Uh, it's it's a lot of points for Philip Rivers to uh, to to give him to gift him uh, against any team because he's got that same ability that I was kind of talking about uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Philip Rivers has been doing it for years and years and years. The ability to hang in any game to just keep throwing and throwing and next thing you know he's got 400 some odd yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he'll keep you in there. We know Philip Rivers will keep you in the game. He doesn't always find a way to come, you know, come up with the win, come up with the last touchdown to win the game, but uh, he will keep you in it. Uh, it's a secondary in the Rams that could suffocate the bolts and, and make it uh, a big lead for the Rams, I guess, early on. So I'm, I'm sort of reading this the same way as the 49ers and the Chiefs. I think the home team will get out to a, a pretty big lead at a, at a double digit advantage. Um, because the Bolts' pass attack might be a little suspect early on against the Rams, they can they can get the pressure. We know with Aaron Donald, uh, we know they don't they don't have any issues with their best pass rusher not being able to take the field. Um, and the the Rams always just rolling right now. They're picking up right from last year, picking up where they left off. Really, no uh, no hiccups so far. Uh, but I'm going to take the points and take the Chargers and Phillip Rivers to mount some sort of late comeback, get a backdoor touchdown, and keep this game close. I think there may even be a little Los Angeles pride if there is a such thing that I don't think the Chargers want to get blown out of the, you know, it's their city, so to speak, as well. They, you, We might not think of it as their city. We might think of the Rams as sort of owning L.A. right now based on their recent success. But the Chargers are kind of sitting over there. Hey, we're, we're here too. Hello, hey, we're we're over here. Um, so I, I think if there's a, a game where they're going to put even a little more effort, especially if they're down early, they're not going to want to get embarrassed out there in LA where they're supposed to be one of two teams. So I think they're going to make a little bit of a statement. It might not come until the end of the game, but somewhere along the way, I think the Chargers make enough of a statement to stay within a touchdown of the Rams and keep it kind of close. Wow. Okay. So you're picking, you're going garbage time points here. That's always, again, that's my move, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm stealing. You're stealing my garbage time touchdown, you know, but that's okay because when you use it, it's not as much, you know, it doesn't have the impact when you use it in week three of the NFL versus the Super Bowl, right? You're going to pull that out. Got to pull that out in the Super Bowl when you have nothing to lose because all I had at that point was to pick against you. So it wasn't just that I you lost the pick. I told you how you were going to lose the pick. So that's what made that one fun. Yeah. Oh, great. You know, the other – yeah, as I didn't have just to predict that you were going to lose. I had to predict the manner in which you were going to lose, and it was garbage time touchdowns. Yes, Greg, <laughs> the A-beer man, right? Was that the guy? <laughs> I think so. Was it that, Greg Lewis? Uh, no, we're going to start off uh, going against each other here on the first two. I am going to take the Rams and give the points on this one. I think that the Rams are playing an extremely high rate, high caliber 
of football right now, and they're doing it offensively, defensively. They're smothering teams on defense pretty well. That offense works really good. And, oh, yeah, hold on a second. Uh, uh-oh. Hello, poopy. Hey. <laughs> I'm not poopy. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How's it going over there? Good. That's good. Did your tooth come out? No. Tell him you're about to lose a tooth. I'm about to lose a tooth. Have you uh, have you lost uh, how many teeth have you lost so far? Five. Wow. The tooth fairy is really coming to visit you. Four at the bottom and one at the top. That, yeah, that's that's a lot. So you're getting ready to lose another one. Well, what are you going to do with all that money from the tooth fairy? I only get one dollar from her. Well, that's something. That'll, that'll buy some candy or some chips or something. I already have a lot, a lot of money. Like, I have more than twenty dollars. Wow. And thirty. Now, so probably have more than a hundred. Whoa. Where'd you get that? A hundred dollars. More than a hundred. Oh. Money from you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Love you. Oh, there, there you go. There's a little surprise for our show tonight. I was not expecting. Good night, Trini. Good night. <laughs> Always good to hear from the toothless cute factor. Yeah, she's well. She's got her her one of her top teeth has already got her top front teeth, and then the other one is so loose that she can turn it sideways. <laughs> so yeah. So she was grossing. Uh, she was grossing her mom out with that one upstairs tonight. <laughs> Like, Mom, you look, and she takes her tooth and bends it completely to the side. What are you doing? Trini, I just told you to go to bed. Oh, no, don't do it again. Ah, go to bed, go to bed. That thing's about to come out. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) going to be on the Rams here. Uh, They're they're, they're already really good defense of theirs. They're getting Sam Shields back, so they're going to have even more depth in the secondary um, against Phillip Rivers. You know, and, and that's a that's a team that you know, and they're sneaky. So I I wouldn't be shocked if this pick went your way, and the wily veteran, you know, rallies the troops, and 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 they try to shock the world here, or you know, or even come back and get a late you know late charge, and he's just rallying them, but they come up short. Um, but yeah, I don't like the fact that they're that they're missing that they're missing Bosa. That was one of like the linchpins that was going to give them that two headed monster rushing attack, and now you don't have to focus on one side of the rush. You can roll all your coverages, roll all your protection. And uh, I think the Rams, that Rams offense, I mean, you can clearly see the trend now in the NFL is young quarterback, young offensive minded head coach, (laughs) and, and let these guys just go out there. And then it even makes it more of a threat when you take that combination and stack it on top of a team that's got, like a really good defense. So you've got the Rams and then you've got 
you know, the the Eagles. We've we've seen this uh, somewhat with like Atlanta or even uh, Seattle. You know, if you can get these offensive minded guys them together with really good defenses and let them groom these quarterbacks, it's just turning into this sort of lethal combo. It's not like the hip thing to do uh, in the NFL. And you look at the teams that are struggling, it's all the teams where you have the young quarterback and the more defensive-minded head coach, and those guys just sort of end up suffocating. And whatever they've done to Jared Goff, Jared Goff, for people who haven't listened to this show, he was like a laughing stock. I mean, I'm sure he was around the league or, you know, in, in all circles and in the media, uh, but we, we gave him, like, worst rookie of the year award one year. He was so bad. Missing wide open dudes. And and now, I mean, we're going to look back on that Goff and Wentz draft. is like, oh, well, I guess that wasn't Mariota and Winston, you know? This is not turning out to be pretty not. This is turning out to be pretty good. And, and, you know, so it can happen. It can happen to you. You, you, you NFL teams, you can actually make uh, high draft pick quarterbacks and they can work out for you. So too many weapons for the Rams. Um, I think that they're able to keep the Chargers down and cover the number. But my confidence in this one isn't over. My confidence in any of my picks this week isn't overly high. I don't feel like (laughs) I know what I'm doing anyway. I I always seem to like get these early season blues. And then about midway through the season is I like I make the charge. So I'm still feeling this season out. I haven't quite figured this out yet. Yeah, I don't ever get too comfortable. Trust me. Um, yeah, the yeah, Rams no matter how many games the... you get up on me, you know I'm always coming. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Jared Goff has been incredible. All you got to do is fire Jeff Fisher, and great things can happen to you. Yeah, get a coach in there who can actually coach some offense. And, you know, you already had Todd Gurley, and they have they have just weapons all over that team. It's just. Oh, yeah, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, yeah. Cooper Cup, just you name it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, on to our third highlight game, which after we do that, we're going to have like 15 minutes left for the rest of the game. I, yeah, so we'll I just think rapid we fire that, I think we just go rapid fire through the rest of them and then with the after show. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, we're going to highlight uh, Mr. Swaggering uh, Conor McGregor lookalike Ryan Fitzpatrick, an incredible season that he's having so far. Uh, in what should be a compelling Monday night affair as the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host the Pittsburgh Steelers. The less than impressive Pittsburgh Steelers are, uh, I don't want to call them reeling, but boy, it's not looking too good right now. The the tie against the Browns in week one and the loss last week, yeah, they're they're looking for something. They're searching for an identity. They're still going to be without their stud running back. Le'Veon Bell, he's still holding out. So some more baby Terminator in your life. Uh, and more Ryan Fitzpatrick back at quarterback on the other side. More uh, turnover Bernie Sanders, but he ain't turning it over uh, so far. He's lighting it up. So uh, do we see that continuing? Do, do, do we see the Steelers waking up from their slumber? The betters certainly do see the Steelers waking up from their slumber because the 0-1-1 Steelers on the road are favored by one and a half points at the 2-1-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jason, what's your pick? Yeah, clearly the the people setting the lines in Vegas are, are waiting for the other shoe to drop here, you know. They're waiting for Ryan Fitzmagic to to turn back into Brad Fitzjohnson, which is what I am going to forever now call him after after the start that he's had to this season. Um 
I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm with Vegas. I, I think that this is the Steelers. Now, I think this is going to be high scoring. Um, I'm going to go on. I'm going to be bold here and make a bold prediction. We like bold predictions on this show, right? Because, you know, bold predictions never come right, right? They, they <laughs> no. never come out for you. I'm going to make a bold prediction that this is going to be the highest scoring game in Monday night football history (laughs) is going to break the record set back in 1983 by the Packers and the Redskins in a 95 point game. Damn. So I am going to go on record here and say, that these two defenses are just going to completely get shredded up and down. I don't think that the, the, you know, that the, 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 you know, the carriage turns back into the pumpkin here for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just think that the Steelers are going to come out and play as the more desperate team. And this is one of those week three themes that you see with a lot of teams where like, it's the team that hasn't played so well is going to come out and play a little bit more hungry, a little bit more desperate. The Steelers got completely embarrassed last week by the Chiefs, what what Patrick Mahomes did to them. I, now, I'm sorry, Fitz Johnson is, is no Patrick Mahomes on his best day, even though he's been along the league a long time and he's had a moderate level of success. I can already tell Patrick Mahomes is going to have a better NFL career if he, if he stays healthy than, than Brad Fitz Johnson. But – He's got the magic right now, and that uh, the running game for both of these teams is pretty bad. So this is going to be a lot of balls in the air. We could see a thousand yards passing in this game. I wouldn't be shocked if this breaks offensive records for Monday Night Football. And I, I'm going to go on record and say that the, the Steelers win out, but we're looking at something along the lines of like a 52-45 type game. <laughs> oh my gosh! Absolute football pinball for four quarters, and and because I don't think either one of these teams are afraid to just start chucking the ball. We know Ben Roethlisberger will throw sixty-five, seventy times if he has to, and especially with Le'Veon Bell not being there, I don't think the game plan is going to be let's go out and ground and pound the 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 Bucks here because I could very easily see the Bucks come out and score a couple of quick touchdowns on the Steelers if they come out with that mentality. And it, it, it's game on from that point. Because we saw last week with Fitzpatrick and the Tampa Bay offense, they're not afraid to just start chucking the balls deep. They did it against the Eagles. Nobody does that against the Eagles. So I'm, I'm on the Steelers here. I think they're more desperate for the win. I think you know, a little experience might win out in the end. But I'm looking for record scoring, high flying, back and forth arena football for four quarters. Whatever the over under is, Jason loves the over. I'm Put loving all the your over. money on the over. <laughs> I just told you record setting offense here. Ninety. I just picked ninety five points, people. <laughs> the over under on this game is fifty four and a half as it sits right now. I've basically almost got the Steelers getting there by themselves. <laughs> so basically you're saying that both of these defenses uh, trash coming out for this Monday night game is going to pretty much be something like, uh, yeah, complete. We 
leaving receivers open all us, over the field. This is going to make us long for the defensive struggle that we just saw in the last Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. I, I mean, I like the over two. I thought, I think it's going to be, uh, I think my score is like 38 to 24 or something like that. So I, I'm, I'm <laughs> so we've got some points on the board too here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't deny that both of these offenses can uh, do some serious damage. I, of course, would have never thought that about the Buccaneers before the season began. But uh, as, as long as Deshaun Jackson is healthy and, and sprinting past everybody, uh, opening up everything else for, for the Buccaneers, uh, they can pretty much do what they want, it looks like. And they got the Steelers defense coming in that doesn't really seem to uh, interested in stopping anybody. Uh, so Fitz Magic, uh, I don't know if it's going to go away this week. It, it's going to go away. We both know it's going to go away, but we don't know when. Uh, but this week seems like uh, it's not going to go away. So, it's, yeah, a lot of points, a lot of yards. Uh, but Big Ben can match, as you already pointed out, that Roethlisberger can match any offense, uh, any offensive output that you give. He can go toe-for-toe with you with his guys, Antonio Brown, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, the the 38 uh, – 24. The 38 is for me on the side of the Steelers, so I'm going to agree with you on this. And the reason is because this is one of those games that when I think about this week three and teams that look like the first two weeks that maybe they didn't get enough work in the preseason, I think the Steelers are a perfect example of that. They have not looked like a real team at all uh, ever since the season began. And I think now is a great time for them. That The offense looked like it was getting together and rounding into shape last week uh, after they sort of stalled in the second half and overtime against uh, the Cleveland Browns. They went toe-to-toe last week with Kansas City, came up on the short end of the stick, but looked like they were starting to get things together. And I think they put it together the rest of the way here in, in Tampa Bay and put up like five touchdowns on on the Buccaneers and just are relentless against them. Um I think they need to do that. I think that's the desperation that you're talking about and the rounding in the shape after the first two weeks, uh, the last two weeks of preseason, as you might put it, uh, which is what it looks like a lot of these teams have been playing. Um, so I'm going to agree, and I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. And everyone knows I'm not the biggest Steelers fan, but I, I can't deny the talent on that team. I can't deny that they're upset they got issues in the locker room Antonio Brown walking out on the team for a little while uh they're restless they're they're sort of walking around right now they need a win they need the W huge big time they need to to go down to Tampa and get this win I think they're gonna go ahead and pull it out all right so we'll we'll, we'll just plow through the rest of these here and I'm sure we'll highlight a few more in the after show Yep, about as quick as we can do it the rest of week three and even more, less detail as I get my notes ready to go here. Uh, Atlanta and New Orleans, which of course uh, would be on most people's list for highlight games, but we figure, you know, they they got two games. I I love this rivalry. Uh, I think everyone should love this rivalry, but uh, we'll probably highlight them when they go down to uh, to New Orleans for the second game, but for this one, they're both one and one. They both have had their ups and downs. They could both use the win. Uh, Saints are a one and a half point underdog, so basically a pick them at Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. The closer that number moves towards the Saints, the more I love taking the home Falcons here. So I'm going to take the Falcons 
with that point and a half, uh, give that point and a half gladly. Yeah, I concur. I'm afraid of, of the Saints right now because the offense has not looked like the way it's supposed to look. So I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, Denver visits Baltimore. Here's some disrespect on the uh, on the points to show you. Uh, usually it's uh, Joe Flacco and the Ravens getting disrespected because of how inept that yeah. offense has been the last few years. But now Denver gets the disrespect. Case Keenum and the 2-0 and Denver Broncos are six-point dogs at the 1-1 one one Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say I'm falling into a trap because sometimes you see that line pushed way out there. They're just begging you to take the dog. But, yeah, I'm going to fall into that. I'm going to do it. I'm taking the I'm taking Denver and the points. That defense of Denver's the best best that Baltimore's faced so far this year. It's a trap. Yeah, they're absolutely going to get after Joe Flacco and force him into looking like Joe Flacco again, just like he did against Cincinnati. So that's a lot of points for me. I'm taking uh, Denver. And I'm a Flacco guy this year, picking the Ravens to win the division. But I concur for the for the same reasons yes. that the. Denver pass uh, rush and the Denver pressure should make Flacco look uh, much more moral than he has lately. So I'll take the points as well. Yeah, every once in a uh, while, that number's just too big. I don't know yeah. what they're thinking. They must know something. You already said it's a trap. We we already know. I, I should, I'm going to go ahead and type Elvis right next to it right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, Green Bay and Washington, uh, there's a yellow and green Superman cape once again with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how he's doing it. I'm clearly a damaged knee, but uh, and they're and they're a slight favorite again. The one zero and one Packers are uh, they're giving two and a half points at the one and one Washington Redskins. Yeah, I'm two and zero taking the team opposite the Packers against the spread so far this year. Might as well make it three and all. I'm going to take the skins on the points. Uh, this is probably some reverse voodoo psychology on my point, but. As long as Aaron Rodgers is upright now, and apparently he's going to stay upright for a while, I, you got to consider the Packers as a as a whole team, uh, and not the half team that I thought they were going to be. So, uh, and if he's upright and he's playing against the Redskins, he's probably going to have a big day. So I will take Green Bay and give the two and a half. And, and I recognize that Ryan Kerrigan could fall on that knee, and that that'd be the end of it real quick. So uh, I, I'm certainly not feeling great about the pick, but uh, but. I, I, I'll just take Green Bay and sort of hold my nose at that. Uh, Indianapolis and Philadelphia, we got the sort of returning quarterback duel of Andrew Luck, and now Carson Wentz will make his season debut uh, tomorrow. Uh, the one and one Colts, seven-point dogs at the one and one world champion Eagles. I think the Colts take advantage a little bit of the Carson Wentz rustiness. He's getting his preseason work in right now. So I don't think the Colts win, but I think they stay close enough and cover the numbers. So I'm going to take the Colts and the points. I concur. Uh, remember last year, the rookie year, of, or not the rookie year of Carson Wentz, but remember last year he took a little while to, to take off. So yeah. temper your expectations for his uh, his debut tomorrow. So I, I agree with that. And also Frank Reich has impressed so far with Andrew Luck. They've been on the same page uh, with uh, with the Colts. So, you know, he's going to come in and want to prove something uh, in Philadelphia. You know, he's not going to want to get blown out yeah. by, by his old boss, uh, Doug Peterson. So I, I, I agree that the Colts will keep it close. Uh, this spread is not close. It's the biggest spread of the week. It's the biggest spread of the season so far. It's Project and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. My guy Josh Allen, the project. Uh, the 0-2 Bills are 16-and-a-half point dogs yeah. at the 1-0-1 Vikings. 
I want to know what the over-under is for halftime retirements in this game. <laughs> um, I'm giving them all. It's not enough. I'm taking the Vikings squish. This feels like a 27-3 to type game. Uh, what did I put down? 34-7. to Yeah. So clearly, <laughs> clearly I concur. Yeah. But it's not my lock of the week. I, I was just going to say, I can't make that my lock, though, because good Lord. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of points to lock it up. That's three possessions. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a lot yeah. in the NFL. That's a lot. Uh, Giants in Houston. Somebody's got to win unless we have our third tie of the season. Uh, but the 0-2 Giants, six-point underdogs at the 0-2 Texans. Yeah, and neither team has been overly impressive so far, you know. Um, I'm actually getting this is this is one that I'm like, oh, this one hurt for me yeah. to pick. I'm going to take the Giants and the points in this game, mostly on how unimpressive both teams have been. I but I get the sense that the Giants are going to come out and play as the more desperate team. I think that the the hopes on them were high for the season, and if they're going to put together one good effort, I, I think it's got to be here because zero and three and. <laughs> They'll be Brady Quinn done. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Giants and the points here. Well, that's that's understandable. I, I had my uh why can't I find my Brady Quinn drop? I'm I'm just not I'm I'm not trying to, I'm now not I'm done. Now I'm done. Oh, got it twice. You got a twofer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I uh I understand that the, uh, the that the Giants might be more desperate, uh, but the the Texans are going to be desperate too. And my thing is Olivier Vernon again being out yeah. for New York. Now Eli Apple is also going to miss the game. Their their star cornerback. Uh, that's uh, that's a lot. And and as as bad as I've seen Deshaun Watson play with pressure in his face. When you don't have Olivier Vernon and you're you're a lot less likely to get pressure, that's huge. Because when Deshaun Watson doesn't have pressure, as we saw, he can be an amazing quarterback. So I'm actually going to take Houston and give the six points. And I really do think if Vernon was there and, and the Giants could provide more of a pass rush, I probably would take the Giants. Uh, but because he's not, I'm, I'm going to take Houston and, and give the six. I, I don't feel great about that either. But uh, yeah, Eli Manning has been – No, he's bad. He's been bad. Uh, that old line, that Giants old line. They, they spent all that money everywhere except the old line, apparently. Uh oh, did I lose you? I hope I'm not on the show by myself, but I might be here. We'll give Dre a minute to get back, and I, I understand what he's talking about with uh, taking the Texans there. I, I struggled, actually, with quite a few of my picks this week. I had a few moments where I was back and forth and back and forth, and, of course, what makes this so much fun is that, that we be, being that you pick all these with the spread, you're not just factoring the win, you're factoring those points, and it really just you start feeling like you're going to fall into something here. But, yeah, six felt like a lot to me in that Houston Giants game. And uh, Dre, are you back? Well, he's got himself about four and a half minutes to get back connected here because once, uh, for people who aren't familiar with the show, when we go into the after show portion here, there's no coming back. Somebody drops in the after show. The show is done. And uh, we're still recording, but somebody who leaves the show can't leave and come back. So you are you are then off the island. And uh, not even, it says I'm still connected, so I'm hopefully still talking here. 
Um, give them a minute here to get back and get into the rest of the picks so we can sort of power through here. Otherwise, they'll be up on the blog because uh, Andre and I are going to have to then reconnect with each other and get the rest of the picks in. Um, we still usually manage to do it in, in, in plenty of less detail, though. And I know we got a couple of games. Yeah, it's funny that we talked about it before the show about Saints Falcons. We're like, yeah, that's a highlight game. Almost, yeah, that's almost like slam dunk highlight territory. Uh, we figure we'll get them on the go round. Those two teams should stay relevant in the conversation long enough into the season that when they play again, we'll be ready to to talk about them the next time. Unless they happen to play Halloween weekend, and because then there's no way because we pick only the bad games that weekend. Yeah, three and a half minutes left here in the live portion of the show. Is it Dre? Are you back? I'm a little worried for my pal here. Not quite sure where he's gone to. Interesting that we both are on the Steelers again, showing that we're not in love with the. Tampa Bay Bucks for a second week in a row. I had them locked out last week. I didn't have them locked up. I had the Eagles. Um, I'm sorry, last week I had the Browns, but I very, I very highly contemplated taking the Eagles in lock territory because there's no way that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to go on the road. And, or that was, was that in Tampa. That might have been in Tampa. Either way, doesn't matter where it was. He lit them up. I mean, we saw them get lit up in the Super Bowl, but that was Tom Brady. And that, that, you know, well-oiled machine, New England offense, not Ryan Fitzmagic. Oh, the worst, the worst nickname in all of pro sports. And we've got to hear this until you – I'm kind of hoping the Steelers just go out there and, like, curb stomp these guys so we don't have to hear the stupid nickname anymore. But the magic has ended. The magic is gone. Poof. We could, we could definitely afford to be without that nickname. But I do expect him to turn back into Brad Fitzjohnson here. So hopefully Dre's not talking, thinking that I can hear him, and I'm talking, thinking that, you know, there's All something right. else going on. Hey, you made it back. Where did I leave off? Where did I get cut off? Uh, I don't know, because I've been talking for the last uh, three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was uh, Well, what's the last spread that I that you heard me give? Because I was in the middle of the trying last, to explain I, the... I'm pretty sure the last pick we made was Giants-Texans. Okay. I was trying to give a one of lengthy explanation about what the Tennessee Jacksonville spread was, which I, I have to go to a different source. Yeah, no. It's not on wager line. Yeah. Um, no, so you didn't hear any of that. Okay. Well, no, I was go. talking over, I was talking the whole time. So we're going to be running <laughs> all of this. In, let's just burn through them all here in a minute. Go. We'll, we'll try Tennessee plus six and a half at Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I concur. Oakland plus three at Miami. Miami, lock of the week. Oh, um, it's not my lock, but I concur. Uh, Cincinnati plus three at Carolina. Shit, I didn't make that pick. <laughs> I'll take uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati plus three at Carolina. Okay. You, you'll take, uh, I'm sorry, I, I missed it, Carolina. Cincinnati. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I took Carolina. Okay. Uh, Chicago minus four and a half at Arizona. I'm going to shoot myself for this. I got Arizona. (laughs) 
will commit a double suicide. I, I concur. Dallas plus two at Seattle. Seattle. I concur. And on Sunday night, Detroit, uh, New England is uh, minus seven at Detroit. New England, squish. Oh, this is going to be fun. Detroit, and it's my lock. Oh. Wait. You actually got, I think you got that in right at the last second. You've got Detroit (laughs) as your lock of the week? Seven points. And that offense is is decent with a with a professional quarterback against that Patriots defense. Yeah, that's my lock. I, I want to know how good is Bill Belichick sort of against like former Bill Belichick disciples. He probably steps got, on their nuts. That this is what I am expecting. I, I am expecting Belichick and Brady and all of them to just go out there and embarrass Matt Patricia completely. Yeah, I understand. Matt Patricia is going to think that he knows all their secrets and all their ins and outs, and it's always funny when you've got the you know he know he knows everything. He, yeah, they're going to come out with some wrinkles. I, I think that the Patriots just go out there and blow their doors off. I, I'm, I guess I wouldn't even be all that surprised. It's just my snap judgment when I saw that spread and thought about. Yeah, that's a big uh, number. Matt Stafford can hang in there with the Patriots defense, no problem. Matt Stafford can go for 400 on the Patriots defense. The Patriots defense is bad. It is really bad. I mean, it is what's going to ultimately do them in. Um, Because that is, they're not going to get to the postseason. I mean, if they get to the postseason and they have, think about the teams that you line up against potentially in the AFC. You've got the Jaguars who play stifling defense. You've got the teams like Denver, if you if they happen to make it in, stifling defense. But then you've got these the, the Steelers, the Chiefs, if the Chiefs get it. Could you imagine what Patrick Mahomes and that offense and Andy Reid oh, could do to the Patriots? Yeah. Andy um, Reid would love to play the Patriots in the in the playoffs right now. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of teams licking their chops when they're watching what the Patriots – and the Patriots the defense Triple reverse jet sweeps and everything. Oh. <laughs> a little razzle-dazzle. Oh, they're, 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 you're talking we're, about embarrassing somebody. Man, we're going to have to get the Gunther Cunningham drop. <laughs> the little razzle-dazzle little drop. Razzle-dazzle, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – oh, God, that was after they lost that game to the Bears when all the Bears did the whole game was throw like <laughs> wide receiver screens. Was, yeah. that, was that was that was that was that uh, uh, Scoop or what was his name? Was the quarterback? No, uh, Shoop John. Oh, was the uh, oh, yeah, the OC. Uh, yeah. The OC who was like the, yeah, they, they, they but it was all the, like all the running Shoop. <laughs> that one was me, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that was. Wait, I don't know if we've ever dropped that term on this. So it's funny you bring up like one of our like nickname in jokes that I don't know if has ever made it on air. Run as you, yeah. When you when are we going to talk about John Shoop? So yeah. Well, we just did. Well, yeah. We went non sequitur there because I talked about razzle dazzle, and then that reminded me of the Governor Cunningham thing where he was calling the Bears all you know, and that was John Shoop in the Run and Shoop. So that's how you get there. That's how we are kings of non sequitur. It took us six years to talk about the great John Shoop. <laughs> I wish we had the podcast back in those days, though, because Run and Shoop was one of my better 
<laughs> one of my better terms for that little pop gun offense that he came up with for the Bears. That was like revolutionary for about two weeks. Right. Until yeah. everybody figured out that all they're going to do is just throw lateral and, and wide receiver screens, which well, everyone maybe he was ahead of his time because that's a big part of the NFL now. But the problem is, is it can't be the only part of your game plan. And the problem third is and 17, you need more than a minus two yard pass. Uh, and you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. The yeah. problem is on third and 10, when you throw two yards, that's uh, <laughs> unless you've got, unless you got it blocked up perfectly, it's not going to work. Oh, the run and shoot. Yeah. Those are good times. I'm glad you remembered that. Cause I had forgotten that. I remembered his name. I almost got Jonathan scope. You almost got him mixed up with, with John Shoop. <laughs> you can the see Orioles the infielder. Yeah, you could see well Brewers now. Oh yeah, on the trade. Yeah. But you can see the mistake there. Yeah, you John Shoop, Jonathan yeah. Scoop. John, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run it but running running shoop sounds a lot better than the running scope. <laughs> no, I I can understand the confusion. Um yeah, so the cutout again with the uh, being the host and just totally getting disconnected for no reason uh, means that right now my host is up. Me being the host is still up, but I'm not connected through there. Therefore, when that does finally drop and die, the, the show will be over because we can't have two people on that aren't the host. So once the host is done, we're we're done. We're Brady Quinn done. So now I'm just, done. Just warning you when that does drop. And I have no control over when that drops off because last time it, it went the whole show where I was not the host, but I was on as a guest like I am now. And the show before it uh, dropped off, uh, it dropped as the host. And I had to go redial in as the host before. Uh, that was that show that I kept getting dropped and kept disconnecting. You didn't really know because I was able to switch back and forth. But ultimately it it, it caught me in the end. But so, yeah, oh. this one, this, this is ridiculous i don't know why there continues to be connection issues with blog talk radio we it's not nearly as bad as it was last year so far but it's still bad you you still should not just drop in the middle of the show like that but uh, but yeah you were talking and then just like gone yeah so i'm assuming i was on air for three three and a half minutes just kind of blabbering I, I assume you were too. I didn't. I wasn't able to hear. I didn't. I just. I finished what I was saying about the Jaguars pick, and then I heard nothing. And I'm like, "Oh, you, are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. Oh. Silver goes. I still. That takes me back to the very first time it ever happened, when you just dropped completely out of the show. Oh yeah. And I just didn't. I just sat there, just staring at my computer screen. <laughs> you know, I was. I was Garth from Wayne's World, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. If you've seen the movie, I'm hoping you know. When, you, when, you know, Wayne just gets up and leaves in the middle of their show, and he just sits there, and stares at the screen. He goes, "Yeah, just like that." That was me, just staring at the screen uh, for minutes on end. That was that was odd. So now I at least know to just filibuster and just, just keep talking. I haven't seen it yet. I heard it was funny. Oh boy, yeah. I'll, okay. I'll get around to it. It's okay. But you'll see that now that you know that that you got to see it just for that scene. <laughs> just to see somebody walk off the show and the other guy just yeah. sit there with 
a frozen look on his face and not, does no clue what to do. Yeah. Uh, 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 Who's the the chick that's in that movie? Is it uh, what's her name? Tia Carrera. Tia she, Carrera, yeah, yeah. Now that I know, that much I know. That, oh, that see that you're, yeah, that and that was like, was that had to be like right, like right when she hit the scene. That was like her first movie, or kind of like the big break one, if I remember correctly, or one of them, anyways. That was pretty early on in her run. She had a she had an okay run. Yeah, she had a. Her run included Playboy Four, magazine, which is all years. I remember. So what did? Oh yeah, I'm, a, I'm guessing that's before they stopped um, having nudity. Correct. Which they then went back on and were like, "No, that's not going to work." I don't know who I don't know who came up with the the idea of Playboy magazine without nude women. Anyway, that just sounds. Uh, like... Maxim, I think, came up with the idea. Is Maxim that successful that they thought they had to imitate that? Because Maxim, guess. I, and this is, I guess they are, because I subscribed to Maxim for one year. But the reason I did it was because it was like a, a very special deal that I got. It was like twelve bucks for twelve issues, and I'm like okay, so I, and did not renew that because it was, you know, Playboy without the nudity, and I, it's yeah. like whatever. Like, geez, I could. Get the Sears catalog and right. just look at the lingerie <laughs> section. It's better than this. Where's the Victoria's Secret uh, mailers? I just um, completely. You know how many people I just said that reference to? Say, Wait, don't even get it. What's a Sears catalog? What's Sears? They had to go ask their parents. Oh, what, what's the catalog? <laughs> what's the Sears ca- oh my god! You get the Sears catalog when we were kids. They were thick as the phone book. Yeah. What's a phone book? Go, what you, oh wait, a minute, to, wait a minute. I used to what sit there with my sister. And we were going through that thing and circling all. Because they had like 40 pages of toys. And you're like circling everything that you wanted. And you give it That's what I remember. And, oh, yeah. Christmas shopping. Yeah. I didn't get anything, but I, I sure no, know what no, I wanted. No. no, and every year it seemed like they had the same stuff. And I still but, never got it. I'm still waiting for that car that you could drive. That went, I think it was five miles an hour. Was oh, the yeah. I'm still yeah. waiting for that. Some, some power wheels or something like that. I I swear to God, I honestly thought I was going to get that car one year and go drive. And, like, go out on the street and drive. Like, at six years old. I was waiting. <laughs> I was ready. It's probably, yeah. I, my my, uh, my kids don't have any of those, but their cousins over the years have had some ones like that, you know. But it doesn't, it doesn't always seem like it's the motorized ones. Those those never seem to... to to take off for too much. Yeah, but every time we go to the store, you got to, you know, those are right in the bike aisle, like at Walmart or Target. Yeah. And, uh, man, they're expensive. They're like two, three hundred bucks. Oh, I didn't care. I just I paid I less one. than that for my first car. Like, <laughs> actual car. Paid a hundred bucks for my first car. Sold it for a hundred and fifty. It's always good to turn a profit. It was. No, I honestly, God, thought I was going to take that thing out and, and go grocery shopping for the family and go, you know, do whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> going five miles an hour. Yeah, well, I didn't know. Down Roosevelt was over there. I mean, yeah. You were off of Roosevelt, right? Yes, that's exactly yeah. what I was imagining. I can see you, you over there on Roosevelt Road, four lanes of traffic blistering yeah. by you, and you're sitting there five miles an hour. I, again, I didn't know it was only five miles an hour when I was dreaming about ordering it. <laughs> I thought it was going to go as fast as everybody else. When you're a little kid, though, and you're in one of those little things, five miles an hour probably feels like you're driving 35. 
Right. If you'd have asked me how fast am I going, I probably would have thought, you know, about as fast as everyone else. Oh, but man. I, I was just waiting. I'm so, so we waiting. did. Uh, so we did like nine picks in a minute there. So I'm assuming there's yeah. some games you wanted to talk about in a little bit more detail. Cause that was really less detail. I mean, it, I got caught up. Uh, I got cut off explaining about the, uh, the Jacksonville pick and that, and how I, came when I well, well, it's funny. Cause when I made that pick, I was working on, I, I was on covers.com. I don't go to the wager line portion. I just go to their odds page. Yeah. And there were two different lines showing for that game. There was a six and a half and a nine and a half. Oh. I made the pick at nine and a half and still had the Jaguars. <laughs> so when you said Jacksonville minus six and a half, I was like, "Whoa, thank you, thank you." Uh, and, so uh, yeah, that one. I was trying to explain how I came across that spread because as you were, uh, well, you don't. You said you don't go to the um, contest page, but I was Correct. trying to explain before I got cut off that there is no line on the contest page for that game because they're still uncertain about if Marcus Mariota is going to play. Um, although I bet he doesn't, but uh, I actually made that pick assuming either one plays. <laughs> but I, I think uh, they're, they're being a, uh, extra sensitive and Mike Vrabel's trying to be extra super secretive because of course he's from the Belichick tree where you don't tell anybody anything yeah. because you know, by punishment of death. Um, so there's no spread for that on the contest site at covers.com, which is where we get all of our spreads. So I was explaining that the alternative source I decided to use was I told you a couple shows ago about this uh, website, pickwatch.com, that keeps track of sort of the celebrity picks. And they have a separate wing for like users, everyday Joe Schmoes like me to go make our, our picks, their, their fan page. They have a fan page contest over there to make picks and they had a spread for that game and it was six and a half and that's where I got it from. So I was trying to explain all that. And then I give the spread and wait for you to make your pick. And I hear nothing. And I'm like, uh Oh, so you went through you... all of that. Yes, I did. And I heard, I was the one doing all the talking cause you weren't even on the show. <laughs> I thought, I thought you got cut off and then I saw that I was disconnected. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> that's rich. Yeah. And then I had to run and connect as a guest. And like I said, I don't know how long that's going to last, but we're, we're going right now. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of all over the place and, and discombobulated. So uh, there's any games uh, that we went, went over that you wanted to talk about. Well, uh, how about our, we could explain our locks maybe uh, in a little more depth. You've got uh, the, 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 you've got the Dolphins as a lock, and I'm going to guess that's not so much because you love Ryan Tannehill no. and the Dolphins as much as no. you hate what, uh, well, what John Gruden is doing with the Raiders so far. It's the two. It's it's a two way thing here. One, they're the Raiders are really bad. I mean, what what Gruden is clearly not ready. Just you know to come back in and be that guy. You know being. He was a Super Bowl winning coach. We already trashed him enough on the last show about. Yeah, you totally a, discredited that already. I I kind of shit all over John you, Gruden on you the last show. Snipered him right between the eyes for for that Super Bowl <laughs> ring. With the with yeah, when I when I went I went there. Nobody so far in the media has gone there. A few more games like this though, someone's going hmm. there. Hmm. You know, I could just say I was the first to to just completely crap all over the Super Bowl winning career of coaching for John Gruden. Um, 
So on this one, I'm just going to go completely on the merit of this game. It's already got a couple of things going against it. One, John Gruden is still lamenting the fact they don't have a pass rush. It's really hard to find. Did you hear his quote this week? Somebody, uh, I forget who, I would love to give him the credit, said it's so obvious what he's saying right now that it's almost like he's trolling himself. Like he's doing That's it on what I purpose. Mean. Right. Well, it's really hard to find a great pass rusher in this league. Uh, dude, you know what you're doing, right? So are you just <laughs> trying to stay? I, I told you, Murga, he is. <laughs> this is, is Murga, baby. For people who don't oh. know, they didn't hear the last show. He, John Gruden is doing his best Trump with these stupid, with these quotes. and All he needs to do is start tweeting now. Um, but we, yeah, you and I, we need to start the hashtag Murga. Um, because they're going to go beat the failing Miami Dolphins this week. <laughs> no, they're going to lose again. Uh, also, so not only do you have the fact that they can't rush the passer, the offense is yeah, he's he's he doesn't even like his offense. He was uh, trashing already called uh, Derek out quarterback. Yeah, now Derek Carr played a really good game in their last game, and they still lost um, because they had the big lead and they couldn't rush the passer. It would have been really handy having that lead, <laughs> having a like Khalil Mack to go out there and help sit on that for you. And you've got the whole West Coast team going all the way across. Oakland to Miami is one of the long – I think only Seattle to Miami is a longer trip in the NFL. Mm. So not only do you have all those factors, the Raiders do seem like the kind of team where other teams – when they're good enough, can overcome it. Like I could see the Rams going east and winning, or I could the Seahawks in their real in their prime when they were the Legion of Boom, they would go east and take care of business, completely wrecking the philosophy. Like they'd go to the Giants and the Bills. I mean, they'd go tough places and and win. I don't think the Raiders are good enough to go to Miami and win this game in Miami. Now, probably the worst two and O team in football are the Dolphins, and soon to be the worst three and O team in football, but. They still they're, they're taking care of business and like you said on the on the last show, Ryan Tannehill is showing some you know flashes. He's showing you why in 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 bursts why we've been high on the Dolphins in the past. Now we've also completely given up on the on being high on the Dolphins because they've always kind of jumped up and you know and, and and bit us in the ass for it and never really lived up to the potential that we thought that they had. But I don't think the Raiders are going across country and. And, and getting it done in Miami, it's a mess. So I'm I'm I locked that one. I struggled with finding a lock because I hate all. I don't like any picks this week, but that's the one I like the most. That's I guess why you lock it down, right? I guess. <laughs> um, no, I I like Miami as well uh, for those same reasons. I wrote down in my notes: Miami will be three and zero, and I still don't buy it. So the no, worst three and zero team in football. There you go. <laughs> But I'm certainly not going to pick them to lose to Oakland the way they're playing right now. Um, so, yeah, that was your lock. Uh, explaining my lock, I think I've sort of explained it already because yeah. I, I shocked you so much when I made it. I didn't. I was struggling to Stunned. look for a lock as well, and that one just sort of jumped out at me. Like, they're seven-point favorites the way they're playing? Are you fucking kidding? Are you kidding me? Uh, so that's more that's, – that's not all disrespect of the Patriots by taking Detroit as my lock. That's also – respect for what the Lions are capable of doing on offense. And it's funny because that's 
only one part of the offense is what I'm betting on as well. We know they can't run at all. So what's going to happen is New England's going to take some sort of lead. It might be huge. It might be small. Uh, but Matt Stafford is going to be – he's going to have to do his incredible Hulk again. He's, his eyes are going to turn a different color, and he's going to Hulk up, and the shirt's going to rip off, and he's going to have to throw for 400 yards and lead some sort of comeback. And I just don't see any way that his comeback will fall so short that Detroit winds up losing by eight or more. That just that's <laughs> – they, okay. they they could they could easily win the game on a on a Stafford comeback against yeah. that Patriots defense, but even if they don't, they're going to lose by less than a touchdown, no doubt. I want to I want to create a bet in Vegas because I'm setting the over under right now. We've got our prop agency going again here, right? Uh oh, so, IMLD prop IMLD prop bet here for you. I've got a good one for you. All right, I am going to say between New England and Detroit and Pittsburgh and Tampa, we will see. And you can tell me if I'm way off here because we don't know what the over-under would actually be here. I'm going to set the number at 1,900 yards passing <laughs> in those two games combined. Yeah, I'm sure there are places that take uh, prop bets on over-under yards passing in a game. I'm sure there are. So that would be an average of 450 yards of passing per team. I know it's astronomical, right? Yes. But the Patriots can't run, the Lions can't run, the Steelers <laughs> can't run, and the Bucks can't <laughs> run. A- am I wrong? No, you're not. And what do all those four teams play? Pretty lousy defense. <laughs> and you've got Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, and Brad Fitzjohnson, who's playing completely out of his mind, trying to become like one of the first, I think the first quarterback ever to have three straight 400-yard games, ever. And against the Steelers, who would really be surprised? Yes. So I predict between Sunday night and Monday night, we will see – 1,900 yards passing. I want to see how close I can get to that number. Well, I, I would go ahead and, and take the bet and take the under because that's – Well, yeah, because if I, if you set the number at 1,900, you're, you're – <laughs> yeah. No, I would say that the over-under would probably be somewhere at like 1,600 because that would be 400 for everybody. Yeah, that's pretty big. Which is still a huge number. Yeah. But would you go that's... over 1,600? I would that one I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't bet the under. Oh, on that okay. So that number, so that yeah. number is a little more scary. So, but basically, yeah. you're saying you wouldn't touch that bet because there's the strong possibility we will you see more might. than 1,600 yards passing. You just might. We just we might see that just in one in, in that Pittsburgh Tampa game. <laughs> oh man, I, I will tell you what. Sunday and Monday night, if you are fans of no defense and lots of throwing. You're going to want to watch those games. I'm even projecting the Steelers to have success on yeah. the ground uh, because I'm, I guess I'm seeing the, the pumpkin turning uh, the, the, what is the carriage turning into the <laughs> okay. pumpkin and, yeah. and the socialist gives away some turnovers and the Steelers are able to sort of run it out in the second okay. half. So I'm, I'm even seeing midnight for, for Bernie over there. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, the, what do I know? But that's what Bernie I Bernie Fitzsanders is going to, Anybody who who wins two games and decides to walk out in their press conference with their chest hair out with gold chains on, uh, 
that's just asking for it pretty much. Yeah. You're, you're begging for somebody to come clock you in the head and concuss you and somebody else takes over and, and gets, gets their ass beat or something like yeah. that. Okay. That's how I see that. Uh, so yeah, oh, all so these... speaking of which, you mentioned that. So I, I didn't tell this story about when I was at the Packer game. Because you want to okay. talk about like completely nailing something random. So my wife, there's a there's a guy sitting three or four rows in front of us. And he's loud. He's one of these loud fans, you know, and he's he's screaming. He is just screaming hardcore for the Packers, right? Yep. Every little thing that the Packers do, like a two-yard gain, he's like the Wayne Larravee of two-yard gain. <laughs> People don't get that. Well, yeah, he used to be the Bears announcer. Now he's the Packers announcer. But, yeah, Wayne Larrabee gets super stoked for a two-yard run in like with nine minutes to go in the first quarter of a scoreless game. Um, he gets really excited. This guy's yelling for the Packers, everything. My wife looks over, and she's like, she, she bumps me. She's like, that guy's wearing Viking stuff. And I look over, and sure as shit, this guy's got on like a Vikings jersey and his hair's all colored purple. Everything about this guy is like he's the world's biggest Vikings fan, right? So I'm sitting there with my wife. I'm like, um, she's like, what do you think's going on there? I said, they lost a bet. <laughs> and then a minute later, the guy stands up again and written on the back of his neck says, I lost a bet. <laughs> and my wife's like, no, you know. Yeah, I was like, yep, nailed it, mic drop. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, I could have just, you know, just walked out of the stadium at that point right there. <laughs> because of all the possible outcomes, right? Like, I guess he just lost a bet. I'm making a joke, right? Oh, I lost a bet. Uh, yeah, but why would you be wearing all this Viking stuff and rooting for the Packers unless you're doing it sarcastically? Nope. You lost a bet. I was right. So I didn't get to tell that story on the last show. I'm glad I did. Because that's what you're that's what I thought of when you were talking about Brad Johnson walking out like that. I'm thinking, he lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> that very well may be true. I just said yeah, Brad I... Johnson. I meant Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> we know who you meant. <laughs> the funny thing is, I said Brad Johnson. You didn't miss a beat. No, I'm thinking about Ryan Fitzpatrick as you say Brad Johnson. So yeah. <laughs> We have now sort of merged <laughs> them into one quarterback. Brad Johnson grew a giant beard. They'd probably look the same. I don't want to even go down that road because then we're getting into stereotyping. I don't want to go there. But uh, but I know what you mean. Uh, Stylistic-wise, well, so that's that's not stereotyping. Style-wise, oh, sure. yeah, on the field, they, they really do look very much the same. I can say that though, because those are my people, right? right. Okay. No, I, I couldn't. I didn't even get around to the uh, to, to the losing a bet. Uh, I wasn't. I was trying to think in my head what the the solution or what the uh, what the yeah. resolution of, of that is going to be. Uh, I think the first thing I came up with was I was starting to meander down the road of just knowing how many Packers. Uh, how many people in Minnesota are Packers fans a lot. and how many people in Wisconsin are Vikings fans? Not as many. Not as many, but Not still as many. some. Yeah. Right? But just knowing that just from the uh, 
uh, unfortunate half a year or so that I spent seeing this woman up in, oh, in Minnesota, yeah. good so, uh, who was a who's a huge Packers fan. So I was going down that this road. This is not of, huge. Uh, well, you know, I, that's, that's how I that's how I like them, and uh, so I was going on that road that maybe this was a Vikings, uh, uh, somebody from Minnesota coming in to ah, okay to, to to the to the stadium in Vikings gear because they're with their family who's all Vikings people, but they really love secretly love the Packers, and then when they get in there, they can't help themselves and they're cheering and going crazy for the Packers. That's where I was going to go. Ah, okay. Nope, lost a bet. I boom, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Nailed it. But so. yours yours are much much simpler explanation and the correct one. So yeah, good good on you. I did appreciate that the guy took the effort though to to have somebody write because he clearly didn't do it. Somebody actually wrote on the back of this guy's neck, I lost a bet. If he is that big of a Packers fan, he he probably begged somebody to write that yeah. so that there could be an explanation. <laughs> right, so he didn't get his ass kicked. Right. And and also just because he's so embarrassed. And he's got a good story to tell. Yeah, that must have yeah. been a bad loss. He's I wonder what he lost it. Oh, yeah, what kind of bet you lost? I don't know, but now he's immortalized <laughs> on our show. So yeah, wherever you were, sir, sitting in section 131, around, you know, right around row 44 or 45, I, I salute you. Unfortunately, we can't request him to call into the show sometime and tell the story because we have too many people that would call in and wind up going down a, a road to a yeah. Mike Mitchell draft party or uh, something, and yeah, we we can't risk that. You know, Mike Mitchell is like fast tracked for the Hall of Infamy now. <laughs> so, depending on which one of us wants to to do the honor, <laughs> I think I'm next. <laughs> I don't think Mike Mitchell's ever going to the real Hall of Fame. So, uh, no. But he has got to be on the fast track. If it's not me on this go round, it's going to be you on the next one. So, oh my yeah. god! God. Um, that, that worst part of that is we're going to have to go back and and no, rip that no. ball off the show oh, and no. replay like we did with Sebastian. I'm I, the the Sebastian one was. To me, I, it allowed me to sort of laugh at myself because of my reaction to being propositioned oh. for gay sex. So yeah. that one is it's uncomfortable, but it's not nearly as uncomfortable as the the prank caller about the yeah. Mike Mitchell draft. I was like that, I, I don't ever need to hear again. I know I was in the studio for that show, and I have this impression. I think we might have both been in the studio. I have this impression of us both fumbling as fast as we can. Correct. For the, for the for the hang up button. I don't know which one of us actually did it. We probably both did it at the same time. Correct. But that that guy got dual snipered. Correct. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he he got his his big line in before we could do it, so I'm sure he's very yeah. proud. So I'm sure his parents yeah. are very proud. Uh-huh. He's watching the bell. Oh yeah, it was yeah. That was that was yeah, emphasis on special. <laughs> Um, well, and the funny part of that was though was he really got us good because up until that point, it was a pretty good call. I mean, the guy was right. actually talking football, but then all of a sudden he started putting way more, like like this guy clearly thought that the whole reason the the, the Steelers were having trouble was Mike Mitchell. Like that's <laughs> the dude that you're gonna highlight and pick out. Yeah, it was very strange. I mean, okay, so I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go with this one. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons why the Steelers were in the position they were in, but, you know, I, I didn't quite think it was all, you know, the, the fault of Mike Mitch. And then, oh, no. Yeah, and we found I out remember what, when he got drafted. Oh, man. 
He just kind of roped us right in. Yeah. yeah. Great, great prank by him, I guess. Yeah. Or, I don't... or it was a true story. <laughs> we'll it, never which, know. Yeah, if it was, fine, but you don't ever have to tell anyone. It's not yeah, something you really need to yeah. share. Yeah, but that was when we knew we had broken into the big time. That was when we made it to, to White Sox postgame show territory. Next stop, Howard Stern, right? They just Baba lost Bowie. to the Cubs tonight, so I can imagine. Uh, what the, although the, the that's still it's still very – it's funny because even though the Cubs are on the score now down in Chicago and that's sort of the flagship station, it, it, everybody's still so heavily, like, socks for the, sure. for the hosts. So it's going to be interesting tonight what the Collins are like tonight because you got, you know, the Cubs beating them, um, what that, what that's going to be like and how it was even yesterday, you know, with the White Sox beating the Cubs and, you know, Oh, it's the, you know, and the, and, and, and the Brewers had, uh, had won their game. So, you know, yeah, I, I it was probably a lot of gloom and doom yesterday there. Yeah, probably. I, I haven't listened to any like post game or pregame or anything like that in a long, long time. Yeah. No, um, I, I thought, um, I thought about listening to one of their podcasted shows after the Bears loss to the Packers. Ooh, ooh. Because that would have been a historic day of radio. I I don't even know how you react to that or what do you say? Because it was yeah. so optimistic for a half. Well, I know. And, I, I mean, the, the live tweeting that we had going on between me, you, and Renard. Um, we were here for that. that we were all we, here for that. <laughs> that, and then it just it very slowly just just started going. You know, thank God we weren't like you know. Thank God you guys aren't all like Falcons fans. Like poor me, and we were live tweeting that Super Bowl against the Patriots because you know the oh twenty to three oh oh no yeah yeah so but yeah. I I was very uh, I, I was I was pretty curious that next day to, to to toss that on on my on my stereo system, um, and listen because I was home that next day on that Tuesday and and listen to some of the so some of the shows I don't even know who their hosts are anymore. I know they base they're doing just like the WWE thing where they just kind of reshuffle the deck it seems like and they just take the hosts and then every few years they just put them all on you know the different shows together. Gotta shake things up. So okay. No, I, I stopped listening ever since they got rid of my favorite show. So I'm, I'm really haven't listened to any of that. Uh, was Although that Boris and Bernstein or? Yeah. But Boris retired, didn't he? Right. Okay. But they, they brought in Jason Golf, the the black uh, guy, and they got a lot more social, and then they had to get rid of that because it was getting too social. Ah, stick to sports. <laughs> but the, I don't understand that mentality either because that's, I mean, you know, I mean, ESPN is going the way of MV, MTV along the same analogy of, you know, how when you talk about MVP, I'm M- M- sorry, MVP, MTV, you go, man, I remember when MTV used to show music videos. Right. And now ESPN, like in 10 years, would be like, man, I remember when ESPN used to do sports. <laughs> Well, they, they, I think they're snapping back, too. They're doing the same thing. We we got into that discussion a few shows ago. Yeah. And everyone has seemed to trying to go the other way now. But but, that, but that's, yeah. again, though, that, but that's very natural. I mean, that is, 
that is sort of the way of things because you can never go too far one way without expecting it to, you know, every reaction has an equal and opposite reaction. And if things go too far, then it's a bigger jerk back. And that's why you kind of end up, you end up with this, eventually in the long run, you end up kind of going down the middle, but the way you get there is, you know, you look like a drunk driver on the road, right? You just go, oh, you know. I was just about you, to make that comparison. That you, you might be averaging the lane you're in, but you're really you not in it. it. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I understand that. Sure. I was trying to the look people over who the... like it to go one way aren't happy when it goes the other, and then vice versa. And, you know, it's sort of the, the society and everything that we live in now. Some people are, you know, in their moment when things go one direction and they're living on, ah, you know, and then there's that natural sort of course correction. And then those people are unhappy. And then the people, yeah, so it, it's just it's the life we live, right? I suppose so. I was trying to look over my notes to see what other, what else I wanted to say about you know I got all my notes here and trying to sound smart and then I wound up not having to to talk about any of them because I get cut off the show and run out of time. Yeah. Um. So Green Bay, Washington. I I wanted to point out that speaking of making wild predictions yeah. and prop bets, I actually wrote down that I thought that this game between. Uh, Aaron Rodgers being a, now a statue and not being able to move too much and just standing back there and, and picking and popping and the Redskins allowing you to and, and not really stopping anybody. And then on the other side uh, with Alex Smith being sort of being the king of, of standing back there and picking and popping. Um, I'd said this game might set a record for completion percentage because I don't know if either guy's going to miss anybody. <laughs> well, yeah, because I don't know how many balls beyond 10 yards we're going to see. Well, there's yeah, there's that, and there's also who's gonna get any kind of pressure on the other quarterback to make him do anything. They're both well, just gonna, gonna be standing there. I'm guessing with you know Kerrigan on the Redskins, they they've probably got the best pure pass rusher, right, on the field. So if any you know so, but again, the Packers' offensive line is really bad, and their defense is not very good. Their defense is what gave up caused that tie. I mean. You're up 13 points going into the fourth quarter at home. You should be able to hold on and get the W. Um, they did. And, Clay Matthews <laughs> says they did. But between – well, nobody scored in overtime, right? Nobody. Nobody scored in overtime. So that means the Packers gave up 22 points in the fourth <laughs> quarter. But, but it's that, amazing, that terrible, terrible call, and, and everything reverses from there because they had it. They yeah. sewed it up. Now, well, that in in that moment the game was over, but the, you never should have had to have had that moment. Is the point? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so yeah, in that exact moment, that was a bullshit call. I think we both agreed pretty universally, right? The only people who think that was a good call were the NFL. I don't even know if they think it was. They just had to defend no, the shield. They're just defending their people. Yeah, they're, they're they're sticking. But but again, their words are saying no. That was the right call. Uh, nobody thinks that was the right call. I don't even it's, think the Vikings thought that was the right call. It's very, very rare that the NFL comes out and says, that was a terrible call. Our refs fucked up. Yeah, our you bad. have to like, royally fuck up for them to come out and say that. I mean, I think, I think they said it after the fail, Mary, but those weren't their refs anyway. Those were scabs. Yeah, you could throw those guys under the bus. Right. They didn't care about that. 
Yeah, those were the scab refs. Nobody cared about their feelings. Uh, so I'm looking over uh, some of the games that we disagreed on. Uh, so the yeah. Battle of Los Angeles were on different sides, but that was a highlight game, so we really yeah. covered that already. We did. Um, since seeing Carolina, what happened where you where you skipped that game? You, I you went through, score. you know, I was going through all the lines and I put the picks in my phone, and then you went to that one and I was like, oh, it's not I in my phone. Skip, I must have skipped that one. I must. I go on. Let me see where that is here in the list of lines. Uh oh, yep. It's on the page I was at. It was between San Fran, KC. I skipped right to New Orleans, Atlanta. So I I was just really hot to <laughs> get to the. <laughs> it was very hot to get to that New Orleans Atlanta pick because as soon as I saw that Atlanta was uh getting uh, you know you know but not getting but giving a lot giving less than the cop out. Right. I went straight from KC minus six and a half to uh Atlanta minus two for what I had and then you said a point and a half and I was like, Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, I guess the love is going to the Saints. Yeah, with that that money going to the to the same, I don't get it. I mean, you, it screams. I get it. I want to do it. Yeah, it's just, but the, doesn't New Orleans, Atlanta, the home team just give three, and that's like the way of things. Yeah, usually. No, I, I wanted to take New Orleans, and then 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 I when I sat down and researched the game and saw how bad New Orleans has been uh, been executing. Yeah. Uh, that's what scared me off. But I was intent and, to, I was intending on taking them when the when the week began. Well, that defense, their their passing defense has been pretty yeah, atrocious. Giving it up, the and, offense has been less than impressive. And the Falcons seemed to to unlock some things last last week. Um, well, Matt, Matt Ryan decided now, to take over in the red zone and be he's, he's Cam Newton now. He's Matt Newton. He's going to be his own goal line back. <laughs> Did you see that touchdown he ran in? Like three dudes hit him. And he just didn't care. I'm getting in the fucking end zone. We're not having this shit again. I'm getting in, no matter what. Yeah. I, I I was I was a little shocked. I was like, wow, okay. Didn't know he had it in him. I honest no. I figured that was a, uh, you know, first guy who hits him knocks him three feet sideways and he falls over in a pile and probably fumbles. <laughs> so we disagreed on uh, Cincy Carolina when we. Uh, when you finally yeah, I had to make a I had to make a snap judgment on that one, but I I've been and again it's a, it's, a, it's smelling pushy, right? It's a three point game, three point line. Yeah, I I don't like the injuries to Carolina. I don't like that Olsen's out. I, I really don't like that one because that was now the now that deep middle, you don't have to defend as hard and and Cincinnati. They showed me something last week playing with uh, beating Baltimore the way they know it's a division matchup, but if they could just get over the stupidest team in football tendencies, Cincinnati always has the ability and the talent to be a very good football team. They just don't have the coaching or the uh, temperament. Right. They don't have the, the mental fortitude to do it. Yeah. And well, so my reason for taking Carolina is along those lines I think by beating Baltimore with A.J. Green just slicing through them like he did, that that kind of showed that the Bengals, to me, are still in the same place that they always are, which is if you stop A.J. Green, they get flustered and frustrated and don't know what to do. Baltimore didn't stop A.J. Green, therefore they just kept going to him. I think Carolina's smart enough to know that, and I think they're going to 
do their best to shut down AJ Green and make Andy Dalton find a way to beat him with with other people. And yeah. that's when Andy Dalton gets in trouble and starts having ugliest game in football type uh, tendencies. It could happen. I mean, and this could be a game where Cam Newton just takes over and has one of those, you know, Cam Newton type games. But I don't know about Carolina. They, they, the magic seems to be kind of gone for them. Oh, Riverboat no, Ron and all. Yeah. yeah they, for the they, season, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, you're not real high much. on them, are you? No. Yeah. I think you for this what? one, I, they can get it done. One of the picks I did struggle with was Jacksonville, even though I gave nine and a half in my initial pick before <laughs> you told me it was six and a half. I was willing to give the nine and a half, but I actually struggled. I, I was really close to putting Tennessee in, in, in my pick because I was looking at a couple of factors. I was looking at the letdown factor for Jacksonville, which I don't yeah. think we can ever undersell um, when after, especially they beat the Patriots, right? You know, Absolutely. they, they, they jumped up and they they busted the Patriots and now they get the Titans and maybe Blaine with Blaine Gabbert and you know, no offense Titans. But then I looked at it and I thought, I think they're going to coach. I think the Jags are going to be coached up and ready for the Titans. When I look back and realize the Titans beat them twice last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is one where they're going to be the coaching or anybody's going to be overlooking the Titans because the Titans took care of business both times against Jags, the Jags last year. And the Jags were clearly the better team by a lot. Yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. I went with Jacksonville and I considered definitely considered the fall off after the conquering yeah. of new England as well. And I want to go with Jacksonville too. Um, I don't like the whole playing games and mystery with the quarterback thing. I think, Mike Vrabel needs to just come out and say, look, Mariota's got a bad elbow. He's not ready to play yet. Maybe next week. But we're going with Blaine Gabbard. I don't think that sends a good message to Blaine Gabbard that you're so afraid to just name him publicly the starter. It's like you're uh, uh, fucking a, a girl that's that you think is a slut or something. So you don't want to – you're glad to go to her house and fuck her anytime she wants. But you don't want to actually go tell your boys that you're dating her because you know they're going to be like, you're dating her? What? You, you know she's been with everybody, right? <laughs> I think that's what Vrabel feels like. He doesn't want to actually say that he's his, his guy is Blaine Gabbard because everyone's going to be like, what? Blaine Gabbard? Uh, so I, I think that I'm going with them because I don't like the coaching of Tennessee right now. I, I think they're organizationally a little bit of a mess. Uh, Jacksonville is definitely on point as an organization right now. And also I got a pro football focus stat that I didn't, didn't get a chance to throw in live that also swayed me uh, – towards Jacksonville and away from Tennessee is that uh, through two games for the Titans, my guy, Malcolm Butler, unfortunately has allowed 257 yards on throws into his primary coverage, Whoa. Uh, which is awful, which is absolutely. So he's Maybe getting, that's why he got benched. He's getting roasted and toasted right now. I still don't know why Bill Belichick benched him, <laughs> but right now for the Titans, he is getting dusted. And I think uh, that sets up well for some unknown receivers in Jacksonville. Keelan Cole showed me a lot in that game over yeah. New England. He might have a big game against uh, Butler tomorrow. Uh, Gab uh, Bortles, I, I almost called him Blaine Gabbert. Blake Bortles in general showed me a lot in that game against New England that he he was aggressive early and then aggressive late when they needed to hold on to the lead. Uh, he may have turned a corner. Bortles might be, uh, he's showing some flashes like Tannehill. Now he, he might be somebody to take more seriously now. So 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Jacksonville along with you. I think the, and, and I like your point that you brought up as well, that they're going to be ready for their division rival, Tennessee, who who got them a couple times last year. So yeah, they should. Yeah. Be well, they, they only lost four games last year, right? Weren't they 12 and four, 11 and five, uh, 11 and five, 10 and six last year. Oh, that's it. Yep. I feel like they had such a better record. Well, their defense uh, was yeah. that great, and their offense their was offense that bad. Their offense was bad, yeah. So, no, I've, I've got the sense they're going to be 13-3 and three or something this year. I mean, I I see no reason why the Jags cannot be the number one seed in the AFC this year. They certainly slayed the biggest dragon uh, standing in the way of that, it would seem. Yes, <laughs> and this would not be the – so, again – do you get the letdown? I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get the sense. That that's yeah, I, I don't. And I, I, I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch a lot of the action last week, being that I was at the, one of the live games and then on the road and, you know, enjoying uh, a weekend away with the wife. But I watched all the major highlight packages. So like the 15 minute, you know, long mm-hmm. form highlight packages. Titans really had no business winning that game last week. They got a gadget. <laughs> they got a, a Bayard 60-some yard. Pretty thrown ball, but you got a gadget play, you know, trickery, trickeration, razzle-dazzle play from your special teams on that long touchdown throw um, for the for your biggest offensive play of the game. And then Blake, Bo- you know, Blake Bortles, after, not Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert, I just did what you did. Blaine Gabbert uh, just didn't do anything to win the game, but he didn't do anything to like completely shit the bet, right? Yeah, that's but he, he that didn't was, lose it. That was a great game, that Tennessee game. They could have easily, just as easily, have lost that game. No, they somehow pieced together a win. That was yeah. uh, that was weird. So. And sometimes a team that's in duress or a good team or a well coached team, sometimes a team will do that. At one point, they uh, they ran uh, Derrick Henry out of the Wildcat as the quarterback yeah. five steps in a row. Yards. Oh, I know, but he got one of them. He got like eight yards. So yeah, he pitched it two feet forward to the to the jet sweep receiver, and he got a pass yeah. out of that. Yeah, and I, whatever works, I guess. But yeah, three quarterbacks basically last week. We talked about if you have two, you have none. They had three, and then oh. somehow one anyway. And and. Uh, Gabbert, out of the three of them, I think had the lowest QB rating. <laughs> That's not surprising. I think I think Bayard needs to retire now because <laughs> I believe he has a perfect quarterback rating. And don't ever throw another ball also, again. He also has a 66 yards per attempt. <laughs> on his, that might uh, be a record. Uh, yeah, that'll look good on the back of your uh, on the back of your football <laughs> card. His advanced metrics uh, place him at the top of the quarterback ratings. Yes, when you when you, re- when you retire with a sixty six YPA, you're you're pretty good. So here's another game that we disagreed on: Houston uh, and the Giants, the two desperate zero and two teams. Yeah, you're very, going, you're, yeah. You're, you're going with the G men. You know, and that uh, I thought the number was a little large for for as bad as these teams have played. Mm-hmm. That number felt a little large. I kind of concur. I, I have Houston winning by seven as the only reason so, I'm taking okay. that. Okay, so we're so we're not too far off on this one, right? That that was so basically. So this isn't like massive disagreement here because I'm not saying I don't think I, I don't think the Giants are necessarily going to win, but I, I think both teams are basically playing for their season tomorrow. 
So I think you're going to sort of get like game efforts from both teams. And when, and I'm looking at what I trust more is like, who do I trust to give the better game effort? I'm going to go with the veteran crew. I'm going to go with the giants to show a little bit more moxie and be able to keep that thing tight. I think that the overall talent of the Texans, um, because it's some of the positions, you know, I, I think that Deshaun Watson is more of a unique type talent, but he doesn't, obviously he clearly showed at the end of the game last week, he still doesn't quite have the, the game awareness, right? <laughs> well, he just got so scared when the, when the pressure was coming for him yeah. and it was really like, what are you doing? Yeah. Get rid and, of the ball. Don't and when stand. he went, when he went deer in the headlights for 17 oh. seconds, <laughs> that was very strange. Yeah, that should have been that should have been enough time to either decide you're throwing that thing to the sideline or just chuck that thing out of bounds. Um, he didn't either, or hell, just take off running and just try to run for 15 or 20 yards and then toe tap out on the sideline. But and anything but what you did. <laughs> now, the opposite of that is Eli Manning, who would just stand there and throw a pick. And that's kind of what I'm thinking about when I'm taking Houston and giving the six points is that as bad as Watson's been, Eli Manning has been, you talked about the giants should find that veteran moxie. They were all, they were all out of moxie Sunday night, boy. Um, And I didn't see any of that, but I I saw the highlights and it was, it was pretty bad. So. What I I thought, yeah, that game was hard to watch. I mean, I couldn't imagine being a giants fan having to watch that game. Hmm. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show yet, but I've heard some complaining and I have not fortunately been able to witness what is supposedly this completely new, horrible uh, opening song to Sunday night football. I mean, it's bad, but they're all bad. Okay. Okay. So it's not like a new level of bad. It's just new. It's just new bad. Yeah. It's the same. I think it's the same chick. I think it's Faith Hill again or no Carrie Underwood. I'm Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Actually, five years Carrie ago, Andrew, right? the, the Carrie Underwood ones that they've done the last few years kind of make me pine for the days of Faith Hill. <laughs> so it's along that line. It's you know, it's or like, pink. Was it pink way back at the beginning? Oh my God! Oh, I forgot about that. See, I'm going back when they were trying to have some edge. Yeah, we never forget here, and in much less detail, the total Ooh. suckage that is the opening night theme songs to. The Sunday Night Football, but 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 by the standards now, those were good, right? Because <laughs> what I've heard is about this one now on Sunday Night is like it, wow, like what are they doing? And then last was it last year when they started doing a, a theme song for Thursday Night Football? See, I watched so little Thursday Night, I don't remember. Oh, the Thursday Night one was bad too, but we we don't. I mean, I got my. Uh, DVR set up for like seven yeah. fifteen. So when I start watching that game from tape, it's it's from the kickoff. It's I don't even get any of the the kickoff mute. Okay. I don't get any of the music or the pregame or anything like that. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to one of these Sunday nights, maybe tomorrow even, because I actually do have a mild interest in in watching some of that New England uh, Detroit game. So, but but as it usually would happen though on a Sunday night, is you know because my kids are still up until about. Eight, and it's a school night tomorrow night, so they'll be up until between. You know, they'll go to bed sometime between seven thirty and eight. 
So I, I generally don't get into the game until around the end of the first quarter. So I've been missing, you know, so I've been missing this. But every every week I keep seeing either on Twitter or hearing somebody on TV talking about, oh, my God, this Sunday night theme. Somebody shoot me. <laughs> it's it's bad, but it's about as bad as all the others. But they're all bad. Right. It's about on that okay. same level. No, you uh, you you want to watch the Sunday night game because I'm looking through the week one and week two. And Sunday night is going to be the first game this year for us where one of us has a lock and the other has the opposite team. That hasn't happened oh. yet. Okay, because so um, like my, my lock you agreed with. For this week, yes. For this and week. For, and so and in the last couple of weeks, we've agreed with each other's locks. Correct. Whether we've won or lost, because I believe we're one and one right now. We both have one. That's right. Um, That's right. So I had I got one on you the first week, and then you got one on me uh, last week. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So I shit all over your lock. I guess that's because that's the term, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, hey, when somebody when somebody goes, uh, I want to know. I, I, I no I, shit I all over would be if you locked up the other side because that that thing has happened once or that, twice. That has happened. Yeah, that's really. I want to say, because you sucked pretty hard the first few years that we did the locks, <laughs> and then last year you kind of got, you made good. Um, but I want to say overall, but I have no proof of this, but my record of shitting on your locks is pretty good. That's probably, that, that sounds accurate, yes. But that's more based just on the virtue of the fact that the first couple of years that we did the locks, your locks were really, what are you at, like five? I was about to say that's based on the fact that my locks were like five and twelve, so yeah, it's yeah. easy the to the first year, the second year. I remember the first year I think it was, or the second year, one of the years we did the locks. It was like week thirteen and it was over. Right. No, I the, the locks were just started a challenge picking locks that were just completely ridiculous just to like just rub it in. Because <laughs> you can, just just because right, you just, can. Just because I could, because it meant nothing. Right. But uh, yeah, okay. So not only do we disagree on the lockpick, but I crapped on your lockpick. Okay. And then it's about uh, and it's about the, the only... Patriots too. Yeah, you're. Uh, I know you're not as much of a Brady hater as me, but you kind of have some Brady hate as well. You don't wait a minute. You think I've crapped all over Tom Brady for years on this show. Yeah, but I don't think you've called them like done. I've I've exclaimed that okay, the dynasty so is we're over. We're talking. And... Okay, right. You you officially stuck the fork in the Patriots after the last Super Bowl. I've declared that they will win no more Super Bowls as a, as yes. a unit. Yes, yeah. as this as this as this group, the Brady Belichick era is it. This is like the the final days of the Roman Empire right now. Right, it's good. Rome will burn. Now I'm done. You did declare it over. That's right. I didn't go quite that far, but it's looking more over. It, it is definitely starting to, to have that appearance. But the, the Patriots start slow every year. Yeah, but that's the thing. They didn't even start slow this year. They looked really sharp in beating Houston. And I was like, uh-oh, wait a minute. Yeah. They, they might actually be much better than I right. thought. But, but then uh, they played the best defense in the league. And didn't look so great, which a lot of people I think are going to do. And then their defense went back to looking like the worst defense in the league. Yeah, against Jacksonville, too. 
just wide open people just running free all over the place. <laughs> we're about, I think we're going to get snipered. I, I don't know anymore. We never know. We never, we have no idea. So, but yeah, we can prepare to, uh, to, to get out now. Um, but yeah, that was, that was another interesting show with the disconnections and the last minute picks and all of that. And But you made it back. And I think that is the most picks that we've ever gotten in a minute. As, 